Welcome back to the Fabricators Coach Podcast. We're getting ready to pick up with part two of our conversation with Justin Shaw. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I talk to so many folks that when we start, uh, when I start doing a, an assessment, uh, or, you know, a really deep dive into their business and what's going on before we start actually start working together, we, I start asking questions and and the stress. You can just see it almost like a thermometer going oh, up yeah. higher and higher, and 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 in some cases, people end up in tears because yes. they're verbalizing what they've been feeling and living for years. And exactly. now we're talking about how to maybe start to get away from some of that. And and that that emotional response is just a great indicator of that stress. And so being able to to put that aside and, and minimize that because the impact on your family, impact on your health, it's holding your business. Oh, yeah. All those things are just really, really important. Totally. I mean, I think that um so that that is uh something we tackle in that preparation work. Um, and the first module is called sustain your game. And, you know, it's like the, what we've built is something that we provided to clients and I provided to uh, personal clients prior to you know, the agency. And it's kind of like the thing of the cobblers. What is it? The cobblers. Cobblers, kids go barefoot. Yeah. Have no shoes. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, so I, I have had the ebbs and flows of, of decent high performance habits of following my own systems. Um, and then I fall off track myself and, you know, 2023 was, was a, a challenging year for us as well, for myself personally. Uh, everything you're saying resonates with what I've gone through. You and I have talked about it in oh, personal yeah. conversations, you know? And so I knew that when we would update our program and take a more holistic approach, the really enjoyable thing about that is I've built it for our clients and for myself, you know, personally. So it's been really fun to, you know, I've got a, I've got to walk the walk, right? In terms of everything that I've put together here, I've used before and fairly consistently, but we all fall off the, the you know, off track. Uh, and now sort of the environment of helping to keep others accountable helps me to keep myself accountable. But, um, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something we do tackle in the, in the best year ever, the core vision element. There's elements of that. We say that if you're in, you know, a partnership, or you have a spouse or a long-term relationship or depending on whatever your core family unit looks like, yeah. um, there's elements that should be co-created and, and, or at the very least reviewed with them. So right. you go through this and um, that goes in combination. See, we've got the best year ever uh, plan. And then the perfect week I worked with a guy um, back in the health and wellness industry. Uh, his name's Craig Ballantyne. Um, and he was like uh, one of the writers for uh, men's health, for example, if they needed, you know, um, an expert, you know, to write an article, he was the guy that they'd go to. He's gone on to be a, you know, best-selling author and he wrote the perfect day formula and then the perfect week formula, um, both great books. Um, and so we, I was previously doing something like this and then he went out and wrote the book and, um, uh, that's another great pickup for people because that's yeah. really to get ownership of your time. That's such a key in all of this, you know? And so kind of goes beyond just the work. It's, it's, you have your, your AM rituals, your, your end of day rituals, which for me, one of my end of day rituals that I need to have is that transition time between work. And when you walk through that front door, you know, and show yeah. up for your family is what do you need to do to decompress 
you know, to, to make that transfer to be successful. And so those are some of the things that we include in that, that are really important to be able to sustain your game and uh, in your best year ever. Um, and, and even those you know, of us sure. who, who, I mean, part of what you're yeah. talking about is you're running this for yourself as well. And, and I mm-hmm. like that aspect because even those of us who coach business owners, yeah, I've got to do this for ourselves. I mean, as, as you're talking, I'm writing down the names of these books. I'm taking notes because it's like, okay, I've kind of gotten away from some of that in my business, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. it's always good to even those of us who sometimes like to think we're experts or like to appear as knowledgeable yeah. sources, whatever you want to say, we, we fall short too. So I think oh, uh, yeah. as shop owners consider, you know, jumping into something like this, I think it's important to to realize you, you got to give yourself a, a little little slack here once in a while because we're all yeah. human. We're going to have ups and downs. All of life has seasons. We, we breathe in and yes. out. Nothing nothing is absolutely you know no. sewing machine perfect and consistent all the time. Uh, no. And so um, you know it, it's the fact that okay we're going to take a different approach. That's going to be our focus. It's going to work better sometimes than others. We're going to work that oh. system better sometimes than others. And so I think oh, 100%. accepting that I think is really important as we go into these types of changes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Part of what I'm thinking as you're talking is uh, a lot of what you're working on is is has got some parallels to the book E Myth, which is is great about entrepreneurs moving from you know that that craftsman or that business owner kind of transition, and then the book Traction, which EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, is based on. Um, if folks have, are familiar with those, how would you compare and contrast what you're doing with, with those approaches? Because I'm, I'm seeing a lot of similarity, which I think is good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that there's there's a lot of overlap. And I mean, you know, those that go to a, an in, a stone industry event and, and either have been exposed to EOS, but a very popular uh you know, uh, approach in this industry and, and many others mm-hmm. um, are familiar with that and maybe have gone through it uh, to varying degrees or just being introduced to it. Absolutely. I mean, find what is, you know, speaks to you that you can see that you can tangibly, you know, um, implement and adopt certain aspects. Never going to be perfect, right? Yep. Good over perfect. Um, how is this different? I would say that the key parts that are different is I mean we're pulling we're pulling both you know some of the best frameworks and methodologies out there uh, from others and then also reverse engineering the top you know uh, overlapping case studies within this specific industry that have proven track records of success over multiple years and putting those two things together which I think mm-hmm. is good um, establishing the foundation and then what's different is. Once the foundation is established, we will then, you know, um, provide access and support to the proven playbooks, campaigns, and turnkey solutions for things like is what people want. You know, uh, you know, they they the people that we work with go, okay, yeah, that does make sense. You know, I do want to take a more holistic approach. I do want to, you know, reclaim my time. I do want to get a better, you know. Um, relationship with my business, you know, for example, but I do want to grow and we're going to expand. We're going to invest in a new location. We've got to figure out how to generate relationships with builders and general contractors and builder companies. That's the difference, you know, in terms of a, a holistic approach, you know, that, um, uh, 
I've followed personally for many, many years um, and I'm very passionate about delivering and combining that with those systems, playbooks and solutions to deliver the tangible results of landing, you know, five accounts in a quarter, you know, with builders and GCs. Um, and that's sort of the unique aspect of having it all in one, right? Of how all these things tie together. Are you doing, it sounds like your delivery is primarily remote. And then there's also some kind of online self-paced aspect to this as well. Are, are both of those true? Yes. Okay. Yes. So for the past three years, we've done um, our various programs. We've had our sales engine program, our sales sidekick program. And those have had a, a combination of us fulfilling everything uh, or helping and supporting where the client is doing certain elements um, and or a done with you model. So it's been it's been a combination. And we've run into that constraint of, well, got people in different time zones. Okay, this, you know, certain members of the programs were scheduled to be here for the Wednesday call, but you know, as we all know, things come up in, in a shop all the time and then they can't make it. Uh, and so we recognize that in order for this to be able to get out there at scale and help as many um, shops as possible, we needed to make it on demand so they could follow it their own pace when they decide and when they're designing their week, the best time for them to be able to go through this material and implement is 9 a.m. for somebody else at 6 p.m. for somebody else at Sunday afternoon on a quiet afternoon. So we have had an academy for three years. We've just relaunched it, re-recording that material. Um, and so, yes, it's online. Everything's step-by-step -step broken down um, in modules that, you know, these videos to go through are, you know, no more than 10 minutes really. So it's all very bite-sized and everything mm -hmm. has an accompanying workbook for the thing that they need to take action on to implement. And we require every shop to have a dedicated, we've labeled it installer. Um, and so if it is a very small shop and they don't have, let's say a leadership team, then the shop owner needs to at least have somebody that in some cases might be a front desk staff person. That person's going to be the dedicated installer to make sure that the things that are being created see the light of day, get installed in the business, get executed upon and get revisited. Um, and then of course, with us helping with accountability and, and tracking and, and support. Yeah, that's really like what we created. Kind of like a champion in a, in a project in a way. The, the yeah. person who kind of owns the execution and also has the authority to allocate resources, you know, to say, okay, yeah. you know, Bob, I need you to do this this exactly. week, Sue, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So, um, I'm thinking, light. Yeah. go ahead. Oh, they've been given the green light. Yeah, they need to yeah. have a certain amount, even if it is, you know, um, it, you don't have a manager. So, that, you know, have somebody that's going to be what you would generally think of as being your right hand and then your installer and it's a front desk staff person for now that they have a certain amount of authority and, and ownership over outcomes and have the green yeah. light to do so. Actually, now, as I'm saying that, Ed, that that's real, you know, if we want to talk about the difference between those programs, those methodologies are sound. You follow them, they will yeah. work. The US model will work. You know, um, the the other books that you've talked about and E-Myth, they do work. Uh, and so that's, I think, really the separation, uh, or not separation, the, the added value and benefit to being able to get to the desired outcome. So we have to figure out how the execution component will come to place. Because we've had a lot of clients over the years um, go through certain aspects of EOS or attend an event, fill out the first part of the workbook, and then it never gets opened again. And that's the challenging part. 
Yeah. And and part of what I'm thinking through that very few people can can read a book like E Myth or or, or Traction uh, anything like that. It's very few people can read something like that and and implement it. It's just it's very difficult to do. Um, and then yeah. so that means you need some help with it. Well, if you go to a a certified EOS implementer or E Myth implementer, you're going to spend tens oh, of yeah, thousands yeah. of dollars. In some cases, over a hundred thousand dollars, depending on the size of the of the organization and some other factors. It can be really expensive, and for yes. the average size shop, and in my mind, the average shop in this industry is about three million a year. That kind of expense just isn't even an option. So I would yeah, imagine, with the way you've got your delivery set up, you've got the best of some self-paced online, which is typically a little more reasonable cost, and you've got some. It sounds like some some personal interaction that helps with the coaching aspect. Can you give folks kind of a, a rough idea of of what a a cost of something like this looks like. So if they're looking at, say, an EOS type system and the the price tags got them in shock, what's what does your approach look like? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I should have. I'm glad you pointed that out. It's not that that's not available <laughs> through EOS to have that yeah. that part, but the the constraint is usually the financial aspect. Yes, uh, definitely. So so where we start in our program is in that 90 day. Um, and I think it's best as people contact us pricing wise, because we've got, um, you know, we'll probably speak to you about having a preferred, you know, uh, rate for your clients. We do have one in place for Countertop Marketing Co. and other partners. But I can say that when we've talked to people, uh, we break it up into three installments because it's a 90 day program and their response is, well, that's a couple of slabs, you know, or that's a slab a month, you yeah. know. Uh, and now we're not talking about a Calicutta gold slab. We're talking about, right. you know, you know. Well, it's the point yeah. is it's much more affordable. I would imagine much it's probably affordable. you got a bit of a scale based on size of company that's probably in there, but you're not talking tens of thousands of dollars to do something like what you're talking about, right? No, no, of course okay. not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's definitely more affordable. Um, you got a self-paced component, which I think is great. Um and, you know, the point of the podcast typically isn't to go out and, and sell an approach, but I think yeah. what we're trying to talk about here is the fact that, you know, one of the things I preach is getting out of working in your business to working on your business, you know, make more money, get your life back. Uh, you deserve to to have a business not only makes you money, but gives you time to enjoy it. Otherwise, what what the heck's the point? Um, and right. I think what you're talking about is, is really good structure that is affordable, you're addressing a lot of key issues like, okay, how do you carve out those first, you know, that first hour a week to begin to even think about something like this? And you've got some yeah. mechanisms for that, which I think are really good. Um, and I think um, the Buy Back, Buy Back Your Time by Martell sounds like the some of the stuff you've taken out of there really helps folks think about how to do that, which is really helpful. Uh, so I think there's some, some really good elements in here that you know, whether you, you somebody signs up for your program or reads a book or, you know, signs up for something mm -hmm. else, I think is is really important because one of the challenges I run into with shops a lot is that, you know, the owners are super busy. And I, I like to tell them all the time, I said, look, I can I can help you figure out what you need to do, but I can't do your push-ups for you. You know, it's like the football coach. He can tell you what route you need to run and give you feedback on how well or how well you didn't run that that you know wide receiver route, but he ain't gonna go out and run it for you. You know, you, yeah. if, you're, if you're the player, you got to go out and do that. And so the same thing is true for business owners: is 
they gotta they have to have the the desire to execute. It's gotta be somewhere they want to go, some reason they want to do this. Sometimes it's avoiding pain. You know, I'm, I'm, my life is miserable, and I and I gotta get some relief here and still make a living. And then sometimes it's you know what I talked about in uh, that six um, episode uh, podcast series we just released on you know getting your business ready for sale. And people think, okay, well that's something you do when you're getting ready to sell your business. No, that's actually the stuff you're talking about are the things that a shop owner needs to do to make sure when you get ready to sell your business, number one, it's a standalone entity that can be transferred to another owner. And number yep. two, it's got enough value that you're going to, when you sell it, you're going to put a big chunk of change in your bank account. Because if you don't do the things we're talking about, then when you go to sell your business, something you think is worth, you know, a million, two million, three million dollars or, or more to sell might be worth, you know, a few hundred thousand at best. When you start looking at objectively how businesses yeah. are valued. I, I had mm -hmm. that same conversation with, with a client that you and I both know um, a, a year ago that they were ready to cash out. Great people, mm -hmm. good business, mm -hmm. but they were what I call kind of like the long pole in the tent. You know, you pull that pole out of the middle of the tent, the whole tent collapses because they were the business. And because they hadn't set things up well enough, no matter how hard I tried to get them to do their push-ups and execute, what they thought was worth a million dollars was worth a couple hundred thousand. And mm -hmm. that's a hard, I mean, I tell you, the conversations I have with shop owners, that is the most heartbreaking conversation to have. When yeah. they are to the point they're ready to get out of the business and they realize I thought I was going to get a million dollars or two million, and it's it's a fraction of that. It's like holy smokes. And so that's one of the reasons I did the podcast series. Yeah. And that's where, you know, kind of tying it back to what we're talking about here. These are the kinds of things that business owners need to be doing if you're not already to get ready for that end game for your business, whatever that is. It's the Stephen yeah, Covey begin with the end in mind kind of thing. Yeah. You're not looking at that end game, whatever it is. You got to start that prep today, even if it's five, 10, 15 years out. You got to start today. And this is kind of stuff you're talking about is, is the kind of things you need to be doing. Yeah, totally. I would say that to your point, you you always have the best analogies as well. It really like <laughs> illustrates a, a thought. And I always love them. I, I always bumble them when, when I think of things, but um, bumble quotes, bumble analogies. But um <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that big part about accountability is even if 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 it's not a program like like what we're discussing, because we're we're not here for that specifically. It just it is so relevant because we are in the process of of you know really um really starting to to get awareness around it and put it out there. Is you know, you can get together. It's it's a small industry. One one thing I love about this industry is it's small. People are there to support one another for the most part. Um, and generally well connected, you know, uh, and, you know, if you're finding that you want to put together a small mastermind group with an accountability component, you know, we'll take time to obviously like flesh out what that should look like, um, or just having simply an accountability buddy, somebody that's in a non-competing market is probably what would make sense. And, or even, you know, Hey, you've got a, a, a customer that's a, a builder but probably has some of the same problems you know? um, or somebody that's in the tile and flooring probably has some of the same problems and there's in your local market and you guys can get together, you know, and work on some of these things and have somebody that'll hold that mirror up, keep you, you guys keep accountable to one another. That's a good place to start. Um, 
And what I would say on to, you know, kind of piggyback off what you're saying, it is when uh, a big part when we use that word holistic to create sustainable growth. And when you're talking about those specific instances of looking to sell is some of the work that we have our clients go through in the prep work stage. It's just this core vision checklist. And it's got five areas in it. And so going beyond just, well, what are the financial targets? Prior to getting into that, when we were working with clients, they'd usually just, they'd either have no goals, which is, and I'm sure you've come across that, which is kind of crazy. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> I would say that's the most frequent condition. Most I was frequent, into. right? No goals. Which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Right. Um, or you've got some, you know, some just high level financial targets. Like, okay, we're at three and 2024, we want to be at five. Right. And yeah. we just kind of look back at some historical stuff and go, okay, well, the market is doing this. And so we should trend by this and we'll grow by this amount. And then that's kind of it. And then take it down to the quarter and take it down to the month. And then if we got three reps, we're just going to divide that by three. And that's, that's maybe it. Um, or we also in combination to that want to grow the size of company we are. We're 15 people. We want to be 25. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that those are those goals. And then we want to sell in five years. And maybe, you know, I'm sure you've had conversations like that where you get kind of the rough back of the paper napkin numbers and the big goal that they got, right? And um, and, and the stuff that you just mentioned as typical goals you run into, most of the folks I talk to don't even have those. Don't even have those. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then if they're, if they're listening to this podcast um, and thinking, okay, I got to get some goals, I would encourage you not to, to stop at those back of the uh, napkin goals. And so we've got eight elements that I won't name all of them now. I'll just highlight a couple that wouldn't immediately come to mind. The other ones of the eight, eight uh, categories that we have, four of them probably come to mind if people think about, okay, I want to do this, want to do this. Um, and the areas that I would encourage people to look at is, you know, lifestyle and the idea of building your business around your life and not the other way around. So when you're designing and how you reclaim your time, have ownership of your time and you build that out in your calendar, it should reflect your lifestyle first and then integrate the elements of the business, not the other way around. So lifestyle is one, and we have one for founder feeling. So if you're projecting three years out, how do you want to feel in three years? Um, and then relationships, but we won't get into that too much. But I think if I just hone in on founder feeling, that's an important one. If you're looking at how do the various goals that we have and the activities that are necessary to be taken to get to that goal, do they relate to long-term happiness? Well, short-term happiness and then long-term happiness. Um, because once you start to shape that and create that and actually then start to do the work where you start to feel that, which is for many is kind of a foreign concept right? of like, oh, I can, yeah. you know, I'll be happy in this in the day-to-day -day and not just the grind, the soul sucking. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. is one, the goals that you then create are going to be ones that are linked to happiness and you don't end up going off the wrong path to just focus on the financial and the goals that are necessary to get there and end up hating the journey along the way or look back and why did we do this anyway, right? Um, and number two is when you go down that path of going, I thought I wanted to sell, but that was only because I didn't enjoy what I was doing. Now I've built this out. And I work on stuff that fascinates me, motivates me, lights me up, helps the business. You know, I'm able to be the visionary from EOS, right? If people are thinking about that, I've got the people in place that can help do X, Y, and Z. And I do work that, you know, truly enjoy and that has impact and contribution. That's important as well. 
I figured out what my purpose is early on in this work, and I'm actually living it, um, is that many of them should find that uh, they don't necessarily need to sell, you know, and they can be patient, you know, and find the right deal. You don't need just to exit because, you know, for those reasons. Um, and that if they're operating in that place, then they may really want to stay in the business for a very long time, which does relate to longevity. Like how many years are we going to live? <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, because now we've got purpose. We're doing work that lights us up. You know, if we just exit the business, then we should be thinking about, well, what's, how are we, and Dan Martell goes through all of that in the buyback. Then that fourth quadrant becomes really big because you're retired. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and that's something we do in our program early on is to avoid that loss of identity. If the business has been your identity for so long, you've really also got to work towards, well, what is going to replace that in each of those steps along the way? So when you get on the other side, you have a life that's still meaningful, that's still filled with, you know, purpose, adventure, you know, those types of things. And and to add some color to that, um, kind of drive it home a little bit. I'm uh, the the skills that somebody learns going through, you know, goal setting and their strategy and all the things that you're talking about in the business builds really good habits for retirement. I'm I'm doing some personal coaching one on one with somebody who's retired right now, who's really struggling with that. This person is so used to doing the the you know responding to the business needs and and doing a lot of firefighting and now it's like okay i've got all these things i want to do but i i'm not accomplishing anything and so it's it's the the goal setting and the focus and that sort of thing and for folks who are not used to setting goals one one uh kind of analogy that i use that kind of helps them think about the value of that is you think about you decide you want to buy a new car or buy a new truck and so you decide on uh in this industry you see a lot of you know, uh, three quarter ton and one ton trucks because part of its ego and part of it's it's a necessary tool. But let's say you decide you're going to buy that Dodge thirty five hundred Dually and you want the you know crew cab and you know, you like the the smoky gray you know and you want these options. Once you kind of get that picture in your mind, that's kind of your objective. You'll notice as you drive around, it looks like every other dadgum vehicle on the road is that same vehicle because your brain's tuned to it. And all of a sudden, it starts picking out those opportunities. Not that those vehicles are for sale, but it's it's like this filter that turns on that really drives you toward what it is you're trying to accomplish. And the th same thing is true for goals for your business. And that's why yeah. it's so important to break them down into small bite-sized pieces and not just have that long-term you know, BHAG. I think it's a, yes. a really good parallel because it drives a lot of good behavior. Yeah, I've got one more note that I, should, I, I wouldn't have thought to add that is in you know, the stuff that we help take people through, that if we want to have key takeaways here, I, I would say that this would be one of them. Um, and that's that when goal setting can actually be sometimes, I don't, maybe I'll use the word dangerous, you know, in the traditional sense of that traditional approach we just talked about, you know, well, if we're moving the step beyond not having any goals <laughs> and we're yeah. getting into setting goals. Right. You know, to talk about specifically for that example of F-150, for example, and want to have this is means goals, right? If we're setting means goals and that's all we're setting is like, okay, so I want to grow to 250K a month for X reason. So my take home pay is this so I can buy the truck, the boat, whatever it might be, is really means goals are, are not, is do make sense for certain elements of the business. But if we take that holistic approach, then for certainly for the areas, and I think there's four in, in our training, 
that relate to the personal elements, then you want to create end goals. Um, and so that that is really based around more of um, an emotion and a feeling, um, purpose driven. Um, and the contrast to that is, and uh, and you can expand on that from from the, that exact example probably is, it's short lived, right? You know, in terms of the, you know, so means goals can be defined, I think, as like they are within a sequence, right? And so it's the lily pad. So I need the, you know, I think I need take home pay of X because I want to, you know, upgrade the car and really want to get the boat, go up fishing and those types of things. Um, but it really isn't the, the end goal. Well, I enjoy fishing, that solitude piece that comes with that, all of those things. That's really the feeling state that you want to have. Yeah. Um, we may not always hit all of our goals, but if we focus on what the end goal is, we can find that in other ways, right? And bring those into our life earlier. We don't have to wait five years for the boat. We can start to look at what are the other things that give me the same sense of solitude, of tranquility, time away from the business, that type of stuff that's out in nature. You can still gain access to that in other ways. So um, I just kind of overly simplified that, but end goals over means goals, I think. And, and for thing. all the, the macho guys that may be listening to this, it is okay for guys to have feelings and to express them. <laughs> In fact, there is a real danger if you don't do a certain amount of that. Uh, I yeah. won't go any further into that. I've got some examples of that too, but yeah, it's, you know, don't, don't be scared of that. Um, to kind of wrap this up, you know, we, we've covered a lot of a really good points. I think it's a, yeah. an approach that, that is, uh, is needed not just in this industry of small business, but I've seen it in other small businesses that I've worked with over the over the years. Uh, I think it's it's a very sound approach. I, I like that a lot. And again, we're not here to 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 sell justice program so much as to get listeners thinking about taking yeah, this type of approach to your business. Find somebody you're comfortable working with. Find an approach you're comfortable with. Find something that you're willing to you know somebody you're willing to work with to help you through this because this it's quite frankly it's damn tough to do it by yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been a business owner with brick and mortar business and a dozen employees in two locations. And, and that's a very lonely place to be. And so mm -hmm. getting somebody, whoever you're comfortable with to kind of yeah. coach you through this, you know, read the books, whatever, listen to the books on tape, uh, books on tape. I'm telling you how old I am now. Audible <laughs> <laughs> books on tape. I love it. Oh, boy. Cassette tape in the dashboard of the car. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, uh, whatever work, you know, format works for you. Um, it's, it's really important to, to be able to improve not just your business, but your life. Uh, and, and yes. it's you, what you, you and I both see is as we work with, with shop owners, help them improve their businesses. We help them improve their lives. That helps in turn, improve the lives of the people who work for them. And that's, mm. that's really the stuff, frankly, that gets me up in the morning is we're having that kind of yeah. impact for people. It's not just about money. It's not just about success. It's, it's really use the term holistic, I think is a, is a good term in that there's a lot of good that comes out of doing this and doing it well. And the flip side is if you don't, then you're stuck in whatever misery you have today. And maybe you love what you're doing today and you're happy with where you are. Great. Don't change it. But if mm. you're struggling, then this type of thought process is really the the uh, a big um, is really the key to to making that change. Because as I've said before, our businesses are running exactly the way we've designed them to run, 
And if we don't like mm -hmm. that outcome, then we got to change how we run our business. And that means you got to start to work on it. And the things we've talked about for the last 45 minutes or so, whatever that time is, are, are really the key to that. Um, Justin, appreciate you being here today. It's been a lot of fun. I always Thank enjoy you, talking with you. If folks want to look into what you've got to offer, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, connected to quite a few shop owners on Facebook. So you can find me, Justin Shaw, on Facebook. You know, feel free right. to send me a friend request. That's a, that's a good way to do it. Um, and then you can email me directly if you want. Justin at justinxshaw.com is a, a good direct way to get a hold of me. All right. You got a website? Uh, that would be the same. J yeah. Justinxshaw.com. Okay. And there's, I'm sure, ways there to contact you as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Super. Well, again, thank you. I've enjoyed this. Folks, uh, as, as usual, you can hit my website, fabricatorscoach.com. You want to talk, uh, there's a button you can push, set up a quick 30-minute call. We can chat about it, this or anything else. But uh, I want to thank you again for listening and for uh, spending time with us today. And happy fabricating.